in the pew. I encourage you to follow along if you can. I'm, I'm going to be going through a, a set of bunch of scriptures this morning, a set of scriptures, kind of show you a, a viewpoint of God's viewpoint on something. Uh, after I read the scripture, I'll explain it, but I uh, encourage you to follow along in the Bible because uh, you don't trust what I have to say. Let's put the focus on the final authority, which is the Word of God. So 3 John, if you can find 3 John, there's 1st, 2nd, and then 3 John, that one little letter. Look at verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So what John says, he wants above all things. Beloved, I wish above all things. What's his wish for that? That thou mayest first prosper, and I'm going to preach on prosperity in the coming weeks, and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. I want to preach, preach this morning on healthy living. Healthy living. It seems like no matter where you turn, there's a TV show about, or, or a book, or, or, or an internet's always pushing something about being, living healthier, living a healthier lifestyle. Healthy living, healthy living. And the Bible has a unique perspective of what that means. Because the world has a perspective of what being healthy is, and the, the Bible has its own perspective of what uh, being healthy is. And I'm here to tell you, you always want to take the Bible side. <laughs> You always want to take its views. So we're going to go through three steps. I'm going to show you three steps for a healthy living. There's an attitude, there's a diet, and then there's an exercise. And I want to focus first on the attitude. You need to have the right attitude for a healthy living. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to get going this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let's see what the Bible has to say about a healthy lifestyle. 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, we'll be there at verse 8. I want to look at this. You know, there's more to health than just the physical. There's the spiritual side to health. And so many people forget that. Even Christians are real bad about forgetting that. They forget that there's, a, there's, a, there's a, not only a physical side to a good, healthy life, there's a spiritual side to it. But look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. So Paul is writing this to Timothy, and this is what he tells Timothy about exercise, the attitude for a healthy life. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So the first attitude you need to have is, and this is a good attitude, amen. A lot of us, you should be able to amen this, is, hey, exercising isn't everything. It just profits a little bit. Now, they're going to tell you, exercise, 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 exercise. Just like the doctor, my doctor all the time, you need to drink a gallon of water a day. How can you drink a gallon of water a day? <laughs> you ever tried to drink a gallon of water a day? <laughs> it's like, I'm not a fish. But that's what, drink a gallon of water a day, because I've had some kidney stone problems. Drink a gallon of water a day. And it's all about, about uh, doing these different things. But bodily exercise profiteth little. I was a young man when I found this out. Because I, I was about 15, 16 years old, and got, I got into this thing. It's called self-torture. The world knows it as running. I call it self-torture now. Well, I decided that as a young man, I said, I want to start running and jogging. And I would run and jog, and I got really deep into it, and I went to the library, and I checked out a book by the, this guy's name was Jim Fix, F-I-X-X. -X. <laughs> Brother Gary knows what I'm talking about. 
So I get to a complete book of running, you know, has two man, a man's legs running on there, you know, and on the front covers. Oh, this is a, and he's telling you how to run, what times to run. And I bring that book home. I'm so proud to get this book. And I checked it out from the library. I bring it home. And my mom comes up to me. And she goes, you know, that guy died. <laughs> what? Yeah, that guy died while he was running at 52. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's a true story. He did. He sure did. My, my love of running kind of went, wee, 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 wee. Here's the truth, guys, and I'm going to tell you something. That you, you, if you take anything out of this other than Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, take this out of this sermon, is that if you want to you get healthier, you're going to lose weight at the table and get in shape at the gym. And some people got the total opposite. They think, uh, they're, th they're thinking that they can eat whatever they want to eat, and then as long as they go to the gym and work out, work out, do all this other stuff, you can't burn off enough calories. If you're going to want to get healthier, you're going to do it at the dinner table. Not in the gym. The gym just gets you in shape. Makes you look a certain way. Makes you get a little bit stronger. It doesn't make you necessarily that much more healthier. It, the health part of it is going to come at the table. It's what we're putting in. When it comes to that physical side of it. Now, but we're talking about the spiritual side. Because what you need to know. And notice what he's talking about. For bodily exercise profiteth little. It does a little bit for you. Walking and stuff. That does some. But godliness is profitable in all things. So the attitude you need to have is, hey, even if I'm not doing a lot of exercise and I'm not running all day long, I'm trying to walk close to the Lord God. I'm trying to have a spiritual walk with Jesus Christ, and that's going to profit me in the long run for my good health. And it does. It does profit you in the long run. You know, guys, the truth is, is y'all ever heard those, uh, that, that old group that had Waylon Jennings, uh, Mel Tillis, they were called the old dogs. You ever heard that? It had uh, Bobby Bear, had uh, Jim Reed. I think Jim Reed. No, no, it wasn't Jim. Jerry Reed. Waylon, they, called all, we know, they had that song called, You're Still Gonna Die. You remember that song? So y all, y all, no, y all, nobody in here listened to country at all. Yeah, because they said, you can exercise all day long. You can do this. You can stop drinking. You can stop drinking. You can stop smoking. You're still gonna die. You can, you can do this, you can do that, you can start eating right, but you're still going to die. And I wrote down one of the lines because I love it so much. It says, uh, you can give aerobics one more try. You can give aerobics one more try, but when the, when the music stops playing, you're still going to die. And you can go on YouTube and there's, that video is on YouTube and it's just, the whole video is them singing that song and it's just showing gravestones and headstones of all these famous people. That's good. Because I'm here to tell you that no matter what you do exercise-wise, you're still going to die. We're still going to, in other words, there's a, there's a judgment day coming. There's a judgment day coming. Turn to Psalms chapter 43. Psalms 43. You've got to have the right attitude about your health. Psalms 43. And that, that right attitude is, I'm about to show you, Psalms 43. Psalms chapter 43, verse 5. Your health... Is not just tied, your physical health is tied to your spiritual health. Psalms 43, 5. Psalms 43, 5. Psalms 43, 5. It says here, why art, thou cast, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Talk to himself. And why art thou disquieted within me? Your, your soul's troubled. Things are going on and your, your heart's troubled. It says, hope in God. Put your hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Here's the right attitude to have, not only that 
physical exercise isn't everything that you got, and you need to have a spiritual walk. The other attitude, another part of your attitude you need to have is you need to have an attitude of this is simply knowing that God is in control of your health. You can be in perfect, tip-top shape and kill over with a heart attack. And the doctors will say, we don't know natural causes. That's what they, guys, the doctors don't know everything. And here's, here's my attitude, because I just went to the doctor last week. I have, I have to deal with a lot of health issues with my diabetes and everything. Whenever the doctor gives me some medicine and it helps me out, you know what I do? I say, thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for giving the doctors the wisdom to take care of me. In the end, I don't give the doctors the, the glory. I give Jesus Christ the glory. God's grace give us, is gracious enough to give them the wisdom to help take care of us. Because some of us in here have all kinds of ailments, and the doctor's come along and given us some medicine or something. Well, God's given us that wisdom. And I give God the glory. And I give the God the glory every day when I get up. And I say, especially after I almost kicked over with COVID. When I almost kicked over with COVID, boy, my, my prayer life got a little different every morning because I started adding this to it. Lord, thank you for getting me out of bed. Lord, I, I'm thankful that I'm, I'm thankful this morning that I'm up here. Brothers and sisters, where is that? Where is that prayer? Where is that at? Brother Cornelius. This is his latest prayer letter. He said, we were gathered together at Thanksgiving and Paul's speech suddenly became slurred. We, he was taken to the hospital where the doctors took a series of tests. They diagnosed it as a mini stroke. About one week later, we had to take him back to the hospital where he was diagnosed with a major stroke. He then lost the ability to speak, read, or write. This is a preacher friend of mine of this church. He began to take speech therapy, but symptoms continued to worsen for the next couple of months. He lost function of his right side, so he was readmitted to the hospital where they found a brain tumor which is fast-growing and inoperable. Paul came home to be with family. This was a shocking experience for the family who had gathered with all seven children, but we knew God's presence was with us. A few days later, while at home, the Lord opened a door for Paul to receive hyperbaric treatments in Cleburne, Texas. Since then, our family spends Monday through Friday in Cleburne, where Paul takes daily treatments, then we go home on weekends. Hyperbaric is an enclosed chamber that forces oxygen under pressure into all the cells of the body, promoting healing. And then he's got a picture of him in that hyperbaric chamber. God's provision and guidance, God's provision and guidance has led us to utilize many natural and alternative treatments. Although we've had some setbacks like couples of falls and, and seizures, we are thankful to the Lord. We are thankful to the Lord that Paul can communicate better. He is more aware. He can get around on a walker. Please pray for Paul's healing. He doesn't feel like his race has been run. He wants to tell more people about Jesus. And the reason why I read that testimony is simply this. That testimony shows you there's somebody who's going through a very, very, very serious health condition. They're still giving praise to God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And secondly, we've had a couple of people in this church that have dealt with that almost exact same thing. And they're sitting in here this morning. Amen. Amen. God is good. And we need to give him the glory and remember, hey, if he wants to take me, he will take me. And if he wants to leave me, he will leave me. It's in his hands. And I give him all the glory. Don't matter where I, if I get the treatment from the doctor, I give him the glory. If it's from the hospital, I give him the glory. If it's from vitamins, I give him the glory. God gets all the glory through Jesus Christ. Amen. Through Jesus Christ. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. Turn to the right, Proverbs chapter 3. Show you one more last thing, I'm going to get to rolling. Proverbs 3. One, one more last thing about the attitude. So we need to have the attitude knowing that uh, 
that there's a spiritual side to health that we need to have. We need to keep that keep that in mind that physical physical exercise helps you a little bit, but it's the spiritual side that helps you a lot. We need to keep in mind that God, our health is in God's hands. And then finally, Proverbs three verse seven. Look at verse seven. Proverbs three verse seven. Look what, look what uh, uh, Solomon writes here. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Why? It shall be health. It shall be health. It shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. You want some good health? Those are, there's a three-step recipe right there. It's found in verse 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Stay humble. Stay humble. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. If you can find a way, brothers and sisters, to stay humble, fear the Lord, and depart from evil, try to keep yourself clean from sin, try not to do a lot of sinning, try to stay clean, it will be health to thy navel. It will help be, you'll be a lot healthier. It's that simple. And that's the kind of attitude to have. And that attitude comes from this, guys. And I know I've said this multiple times already this morning, but I can't hammer this home enough. Your spiritual health sometimes can affect your physical health. And I've seen men and women that are living in sin and you can see the countenance of their face and it looks like they're 20, 30 years older than they should be. Simply because of the lifestyle they're living. And I've seen men and women who are living a wicked, wicked lifestyle who get saved, who turn their life over to Jesus Christ, who give up that, that lifestyle they're living and their countenance changes and they look like they're 20 years younger. What is that? It's a spiritual, something spiritual going on that you can't see. The doctor doesn't have an instrument to hear that in going on inside your body. But God's working in your body through the Holy Spirit. And he can create that and do that. So we need to kind of have that attitude like, hey, my health is associated with my spiritual health. So let's look at the, di- excuse me, let's look at the diet of healthy living. Look at Proverbs 4. Just turn to the page, turn one page. You might not even have to turn the page. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Let's move on. So we looked at the attitude for healthy living. Let's look at the diet. You want to have a healthy diet. Because we know when it comes to healthy living, they say you've got to have the right attitude. Whenever you go to a doctor and it gives you some bad news, they always tell you, they always tell you this. They always say, your attitude is going to affect how you recover. Your attitude is going to affect how you recover. Recover. So having the right attitude, knowing, hey, it's in God's hands. It don't matter what the doctor says or whatever they tell me what's going on. If God wants me here, he'll leave me here. If he wants to take me, he's going to take me. And it's God's decision. We know it's in God's hands. But look at Proverbs 4. Here's the diet. Here's how you, what you should eat. My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. You need to read them. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. You need to memorize them. For they are life under those that find them. And look, and health to all their flesh. Not just to your soul, health to your spirit. It says health to the flesh. So these words, if you know what the Bible says about these words in this book, you'd probably be trembling right now. Because these, bur- these words, in this, according to this book, these words that I'm lifting up are alive. And they're quick and powerful and, sharp, and sharper than any two-edged sword. There's something spiritual about these words on this page. And if you can take them and read them and be consistent in your reading, he says, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. If you can, it says, my, verse 20, 
or, or 21, it says, Let them not depart from thine eyes. If you can find a way to read them, keep them in the midst of thine heart. You can find a way to memorize them, to meditate on them. Guys, it's going to be healthy. This should be your diet, is the Word of God. Reading daily. I doubt there's any, well, maybe. I doubt there's anybody in here that hasn't eaten in a day or two. Amen? I sure know there's nobody in here that hasn't eaten in a week. If you have, you're put, you've got a lot of weight to lose still. But I bet you if I was to say, and don't do it, if I was to say, raise your hand if you hadn't read your Bible in a week, there'd be a lot of them raise their hands. There's something important about reading these words. You need to get them. You need to get them. You need them. Satan tempted Jesus Christ in the wilderness, and Jesus Christ turned to Satan and said, Satan, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If you're in here this morning and you're only living your life and expecting your health to be only lived through what you're putting in your body, then you're not doing what God wants you to do. He wants you to be feasting on this. Man, wouldn't it be a blessing to, to know you're eating as much of this as you are regular food? Amen. That's your diet. That, that's the, I'm not making this stuff up out of clean air, brothers and sisters. It's right there in the Word. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. It's real plain. It's real, real plain. Look at Proverbs chapter 16. Look at Proverbs 16. We're going to stay in Proverbs. This is the diet for healthy living. So the diet for healthy living is God's Word, reading God's Word, studying God's Word, being around God's Word, reading God's Word. Uh, I, know a, I know a sister in Christ that's in her, it's in her early 90s. She's very healthy for her age. In her testimony, every time I call her, she calls me, what are you doing, Brother Keegan? And we talk on the phone. This is what she's, I'll say, are you reading your Bible, sister? She says, every day, Brother Keegan. Every, I don't go a day without reading my Bible. You know why I ask her that? Because <laughs> I'm like, how, how are you living to be so long? What's your secret? Well, she eats eggs and ham and bacon, and that's everything that they tell you not to eat because you'll die young. That's what she's doing. But there's something she's doing they don't tell you to do, and that's she's reading her Bible every day. I'm not guaranteeing you to, you're going to live the 90 reading your Bible, but you got a lot better chance. You got a lot better chance. Amen? A lot better chance. Okay, Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16, verse 24. Pleasant words. Here's the diet for healthy living. Pleasant words are as, an, are as a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and health, health to the bones. Pleasant words. Whose pleasant words? Yours and my pleasant words. Do you know that your words affect other people? You know, your words can be the, your words, your literal words that come out of this mouth can help people's health or it can hurt people's health. Did you know your words are powerful? We forget that sometimes. What we say to people can be a help and a blessing and uplifting and encouraging and what we say to people can cut them down and destroy their lives and ruin them with our words. The saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is a saying straight out of hell. That's, that's a lie. I, I've, I've been, I've cried more tears from what somebody has said to me than what somebody has done to me physically. 
I've been emotionally hurt by what people have said to me and how they've talked to me a lot more emotionally than if somebody's hit me or hurt me. Emotional, uh, the emotional pain is serious. In my experience with emotional pain, it comes from one way. It comes from words. And it says here, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Guys, we need to be careful what we say and what we're hearing. We need to be careful what we're saying to people and what we're hearing from people. Look at, look at chapter 12. Let's turn back a couple pages to chapter 12. Let me show you another one of these. Pleasant and wise words for men can be, from men can be healthy. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. See, there's a, there's a duality there. You know, you, somebody can say something to you, it's going to cut you like a sword. I mean, you could, they couldn't have hurt you worse if they had to cut you with a knife. And there's sometimes people can say something to you, and it's, it's, it's just healthy. What, you need to be careful what you say and what you hear. I, I'm going to give you some advice. This is just my personal advice. If you're around somebody who is feeding you words that are not healthy for you, you need to cut them out of your life. If you're, if you're around somebody who's feeding you, talking to you, they're toxic words, they're, they're bad words, they're, they're negative words. And, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago about complainers and grippers and complaining and griping. If you're around somebody who's doing that a lot, you need to see if you can cut that out of your life. This is the same principle we use in our, in our physical diet, right? If we have something and the doctor says, hey, you need to cut salt out. Right? What do we do? We go home, we tell the wife, hey, I know you're going to salt, please, uh, doctor wants me to cut out the salt, or whatever it is, we try to do it, right? That's what I'm talking about. If you got somebody who's toxic, and they're saying toxic things to you, saying things that are not, they're not wise, lots of cuss words, lots of cussing, lots of negativity, you need to say, you know what, I need to cut that out. Because it's like, that's what that's going on here. The, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. You know what happens when you hear those words? You start repeating those words. Anybody's had any young kids knows that. Because a kid, he won't remember words. He will some, but he won't remember those words like grace and mercy and love. He remembers those blankety-blank words that he's not supposed to say. That's us, our flesh. We hear that stuff, and it just comes right back out. Matthew 15. If you want to turn with me, turn to Matthew 15. Let's see what Jesus Christ had to say about this. Matthew chapter 15, very important. Matthew chapter, let's hear what Jesus Christ had to say about this. Guys, words are important to your health. And if, you're, if you need a steady diet of God's words, we established that. You need a steady diet of God's words, but you also need a steady diet of men's pleasing words, gracious words from men. And women, if you've got somebody in your life that's, that's always negative, that's always talking like that, it's always, you know, they'll call you up and they I just want to call you up. Blah, 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 blah. I've got friends like that, brothers and sisters. I've got lots of friends like that. Because I'm, I'm a guy like that. I'm a complainer. I like to gripe and complain. I mean, I, I like to light it up with the best of them when it comes to complaining. And there's sometimes, like my wife has, has said to me, change the channel, change the channel, change the channel. And that's her code word of shut up and talk about something else. 
Because see, that 40-minute drive from here all the way home, that's a long time for me to complain and gripe. And, and my sweet wife has been there and she's like, okay, it's time to change the channel. And I know what that means. That means, hey, let's just change the subject. Because you know what? If you think about it, we can gripe about everything, right? And we have a right. <laughs> right? I'm not telling you, you don't have a right. You have a right. It's, this world is a mess. We can complain about the gas prices, complain about the prices at the grocery store, complain about how did Biden get into the office. We can pl complain about other Christians. We can complain about other family. We got all kinds of things to complain about. But guys, sometimes you just need to shut up and realize, you know what? My words are not doing any good. They're not doing my wife any good. And I don't want to hear her complain about stuff because it doesn't do me any good. Look at verse 17. Matthew chapter 15, verse 17. Look what Jesus Christ had to say about all this. Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever enter in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught? He said, don't you understand that what you're eating is just going in and then it's going down into the sewer? That's what he just said. So what does the world tell you? It's all about what you eat. You got to eat this. You can't eat that. You better eat that. One week, eggs are bad for you. Next week, eggs are good for you. One week, coffee's bad for you. Next week, coffee's good for you. You don't know. It's all about what you're putting in your mouth. And Jesus Christ says, it don't matter. That really doesn't matter. Because it just goes in your body and it comes out. God's body that he designed here, this, this is pretty amazing how it'll take care of things. He's a pretty amazing creator. But Jesus warns them about verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. That's what makes you unhealthy, is the things coming out. That's what's making you unhealthy. Why? Verse 19, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, Murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. So we were raised, and most of us were raised by good southern mothers that told us, go wash your hands, go wash your hands, go wash your hands. And thank God I was raised by a mother that would never let me say a cuss word. I mean, that, that would have been the death of me. And of course, what did I do? When I got old enough, I cussed like a sailor until I got saved. And then I cussed like a, a sailor that's been off leave for a while. I don't cuss this bad. And as I got to be an older Christian, I started realizing I need to cut this completely out. Because these words are no good. They're foul. And what does the Bible tell us in James? It said, you shouldn't have bit, sweet water coming from the same place bitter water is coming from. In other words, your gracious words, there should, you shouldn't by one, I want be two-faced two and two-mouthed, double-tongued, where you're saying one, grace to one way, and then you're cursing somebody another way. It's not right. It defiles you. It makes you unclean. It makes you unhealthy. Okay, let's look at the exercise for a healthy life. The last one, look at Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, and we're closing up. Isaiah 58. So we looked at the attitude you need to have for a healthy life. We looked at the diet. The diet. You need to eat God's words. You need to be careful about being around people who are, are foul-mouthed. You need to be careful what comes out of your mouth. It can, your spiritual health affects your physical health. Now, I say that, and we know there's in this church, and of course with my own life, that some of us in here are dealing with some serious physical illnesses. That doesn't mean that you've got some serious soul problems, because we know, or, or spiritual problems. We know that God works in men's life in different ways, in different places, and He's doing stuff, and you know what? God gets the glory out of that. 
He's getting the glory. He works in your life and he gets the glory out of some of your illnesses. He's getting the glory out of that. But we're talking about on a whole, as, a, as an average, this is how you're going to live a healthy life and have a healthy life. Look at Isaiah 58, verse 6. He's talking about fasting here, and this is the Lord talking. And they were fasting, which is a good to do, just not eating anything. And it, they, they would fast, but this is how they were living. Is not this the fast that I've chosen? Because they're bragging about how they don't eat, and they're, they're, they're staying away from what they're putting in their mouth. They, they're going without eating certain things, so they're fasting. I and mean, that's kind of what the world does with their diet plans. And their diet plans, every one of the world's diet plans is you cut something out, and you eat this, or you don't eat all of this. And God said, you know, you're fasting, but this is the fast I want. It's not this the fast that I have chosen. Verse 6. To loose the bands of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. And let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? And that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him. And that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. That's works. And you want the exercise you should do, instead of saying, I need to exercise and go to the gym, you need to start doing some of these good works right here. Why? Because look at verse 8. If you'll do that, God says, then, verse 8, then shall thy light break forth as the morning. That's your countenance. You'll have a good countenance, a good look to you. And thine health, thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go, go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. So the promise there is you'll have a good look to you and you'll have some health if you'll do these things. I think the Lord keeps people down here on earth because they're doing what he wants them to do. And uh, brother, brother Eubanks is a perfect example of that. that. That guy right there, he should have been gone a long time ago. And he's, God kept him going, kept him going, kept him going, kept him going. He had all kinds of health issues, kept him going, kept him going. Then he got over to Africa and what did God do? God took him. He got COVID and passed, went on to heaven. I'm here to tell you this morning, you say, well, that's kind of sad. <laughs> Man, Brother Eubanks is a lot better off than me and you right now. He's in glory. And we're still stuck down here dealing with all these ailments. But if you want God to keep you here, man, give God a reason to do that. You understand? If you want God to keep you here and to keep you ticking, to keep you going, give him a reason to. Make it hard for God to take you. If you're sitting at home, you're sitting on the couch, not doing anything for Jesus Christ, not, not giving out tracts, not inviting people to church, not witnessing, not reading your Bible, not trying to have a walk, why should he keep you there? The Bible says he is a husbandman. He expects fruit from you. And the husband in the parable, Jesus Christ says, the husbandman comes, sees the tree has no fruit. He tells the guy that's running the vineyard, he says, take that tree and pluck it up. It's no good. And the husband comes along and says, no, let me dig around it. Let me put some fertilizer around it, and then we'll see if it produces fruit. And if it doesn't produce anything, then we'll pluck it up. Guys, I'm here to tell you that sometimes in our life, God brings these things into our life, the dung, the fertilizer, to stir it up to see, how hey, I'm going to see if I can get them going because I want some fruit. But if you're a tree that's doing some of these things, I read to you in verse 6 and verse 7, all these good things that you're doing, you're working, you're doing things that God wants to see a Christian do, you'll be amazed how God will say, I'm going to keep you ticking. I'm going to keep you ticking. I'm going to keep you ticking. I'm going to keep you here. I'm going to give you some good health because I want you to keep on a ticking. I'm going to read one last one and I'm closing. Psalm 67. 
We're talking about the, the exercise you should get. And I'm closing here. Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2. You don't have to turn there. I know, I've been, I know I'm keeping you a little, little longer, and I'm going to close right here. Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2, if you want to write it down, because I'm going to read it right now. God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us. Selah, and in closing, that thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Why should God be merciful and give us good health? That thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. If there's one reason to have good health, it's simply this, so you can continue to tell other people about Jesus Christ and his saving health. Because I'm here to tell you, and this is true, no matter who tells you different, it's true. If, uh, you, if we had somebody in a wheelchair in here this morning, and we rolled them down here, and they've never been able to walk a day in their life, and I was to walk down, and I would say, by the power of Jesus Christ, and I was to slap them in the head, and they was to jump out of that wheelchair, and it was a miracle of all miracles. They'd never walked before, and they jumped out and started doing a dance. That happened all through the ministry of Jesus Christ. He did that stuff all through his ministry. He healed people like that. People who'd never been able to see, they could see. People never heard, they could hear. He did some amazing miracles. You know what happened to those people? They all died. And I could heal you or God could heal you or whatever illness you have in here this morning. You're still going to die. So you need to be living for Jesus Christ while you have the health to do it. And I, I trust you are. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, we're about to give an invitation. This invitation is not to join the church or come down and get baptized. It's just an invitation to walk on down the aisle and say, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to heaven or hell, but I want to know and I, want, I know that Jesus Christ is the way and I want to be saved. If you'll do that, you'll get saved. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love and mercy. And Lord, I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit will move among us this morning, leading God and directing us, Lord. And I pray, Father, that we will look at these things, Lord, and look at our health, Lord God, and look at our spiritual health. And, and, and Lord, uh, not be so focused on our physical health, Lord, realizing that if we can have a good, spiritual, healthy walk with you, Lord Jesus Christ, our physical health will, help, will be better for that, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that there's people in this church that are dealing with some serious physical problems, Lord God. And Father, I pray, Lord God, you give them the grace and the mercy to, to bear with it, Lord God, and that they would be able to continue to praise you, praise you where they're at, Lord. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's have an invitation, brother. Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, it's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you.
But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him